Okay, this is the Farm Hop Life Men's Forum number two. I'm Matt DeRozier of Farm Hop Life. I've got... Who are you? Uh, Don Chazzy <laughs> from Study Presence. Where are you at? I'm in Appleton, Wisconsin. Well, awesome. Not, <laughs> I'm used to saying that. I'm in Black Creek, Wisconsin. Crick. Born and raised in Appleton, but uh, we're on Black Creek now. Awesome. So did you get a chance to look at the show notes tonight? Um, briefly. Um, but if you just kind of like remind me as you, yes, through, um, sure. I have the answer. So, um, so a couple of current event things first would be, uh, have you, do you watch the news? Do you watch the news at all? I try not to, um, uh, my, but... my energy has been, um, much better. Sure. Since not watching. What if you... What have you heard about this bird flu thing? Okay, yeah. So my my wife, um, she's on Facebook um, just for like business stuff most of the time. Uh, she tries yeah. not not to go on Facebook. Um, but our like chicken people in the area have been um, kind of uh, infatuated with. I don't know if that's the right word. Um, infatuated. They're into it. They're into it. They they're are... into it. Like they they buy the like they're afraid of getting like their birds getting bird flu. That's right. It's like okay. Um, can't have any visitors on the farm. We got to bring our chickens like either inside the house or inside the wherever they are, and like don't let them go out. Um. And it's um, it's very familiar with another time in history that happened about two years ago. Yes, very much so. I was going to say, like, have they tried giving their chickens, like, hand sanitizer or, like, Clorox or uh, Lysol wipes or something? Yeah, or a little chicken mask. Yeah, a little chicken mask. Yeah. Um, no, not at this point. <laughs> Man... Um, yeah, go ahead. But it, I mean, it, it the parallels are so similar and interesting. It's the ones that should be concerned about it are the like mega producers or something like that getting in there. Of course, it's going to wreak havoc on it. Because um, they're but, sick birds to start with. Like they're un, unhealthy. Yeah. That's right. Um, and so like the backyard producer um oh, they're another guy here. they're living their best lives and that's uh that's how they should be how's it going josiah good how are you guys doing doing good thanks um josiah dylan dylan josiah howdy howdy uh Hi, josiah. josiah is on a homestead over the moon in uh missouri missouri <laughs> We're talking about bird flu. You you buying it? What's uh what's your take? Um you know, I uh I wouldn't doubt that at least initially it was something. I don't know. I don't know what it is beyond that. Um you know, there's that whole thing about timing. If uh if you have multiple, you know, how many how many times do you buy something before you have, have to start asking questions? And I think it's fair it's fair to question a little bit now at this point. Absolutely. Um, you know, definitely definitely concerning. Um, between everything else that's going on. So yeah, I think, it's... especially if you're the little, I mean, if you're a little guy right now, then honestly, that the big thing that you can say, whether regardless of why. It's uh, you know maybe throw some chicken in the freezer, or uh, or start raising them. You know, I mean, there's I can't do anything about it, right? But there's options at least right now. So, what are you supposed to be looking for when you like for a chicken that has bird flu? Like, does any? I don't even know. I haven't looked. I haven't researched this thing at all. It just it smells like it stinks. Like it's it's funky. Like you know because it's so. Uh, familiar with, dare I say it, <laughs> coronavirus. 
Yeah, the C word. Don't say the C word. Uh, so I don't know. It's I haven't looked into it. Like it, it kind of seems like engineered food scarcity to me. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't. I don't know what the symptoms are. I know in back when my my parents raised birds, we had we had a flock that we kind of shared, and um, we lost the entire flock. It was about about twenty seven birds. Um, they were throwing up liquid, basically, oh, um, lots of stuff coming out of their out of their mouths and just keeling over. And uh, I don't know what that was. Um, we never had anything like that happen. But we tried to cull the sick birds, mm-hmm. and that didn't work at all. Like we literally culled, and we were, you know, we were killing the last one, and then two of two more started showing symptoms like that minute. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what you look for in the bird flu. I mean, generally speaking, you can tell pretty pretty quick what if a bird's not doing well. Um, sure. I don't know what you do. I mean, it's it, apparently the only thing you can do is, is kill the flock as to. If there's a treatment or something, I don't. I don't know. I guess I could. I could Google it real quick. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just. It's just kind of weird between this and like food processing centers going up in flames all of a sudden, like over the last two, three, four, five, six months. I guess I don't. I don't know how far back this goes, but it's kind of kind of sus. I did not. I thought there was a pattern with that. Um, I just pulled up, um, YouTube today and saw that, um, the Azure standard, uh, video. Yeah. And, uh, apparently it happened a couple days ago, but this is my first time hearing about it. Um, and I was shocked. Um, and then I saw an article that, uh, was talking about other processors like, uh, Kellogg's and, um, various, um, meat processors. Um, and then in the article it says you're not you're not allowed to question if it's like a conspiracy theory you're just supposed to accept that uh, I don't know a random small aircraft crashing into a processing plant like, like just right. happens and um, it's one okay so it's one thing to be a conspiracy theor- conspiracy theorist but yeah um, one thing that we learn from permaculture is to look for the patterns and there's a pattern here when yeah when in this kind of activity in the past so you have to start asking questions and it just starts leading you um different places yeah yeah i'm sorry i'm trying to find the uh the thread someone had posted about all the processing plants that have gone up in flames recently um I know this isn't a conspiracy podcast. I put that life behind me, but uh, <laughs> uh, okay, let's see. Uh, Walmart Distribution Center, uh, Maracopia Food Pantry, the Rio Fred Onion District Center, Conway Beef and Pork, Gem State Processing Headquarters, Taylor Farms, and Azure, Azure Foods. Um, all that started in 316 all the way back to 419. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's whatever I listed six, seven of them just over the course of a month. It's kind of weird, kind of weird. So anything, yeah. And I mean, when you were talking about, when you were talking about leaving that behind you, I, uh, I used to be a bit of a bit of a conspiracy nut. Um, and honestly, it kind of, you know, you, you end up kind of getting worried about things that are enough out of your control. At least I did. I'll, I'll just speak for myself. Sure. I would get worried about things that were entirely out of my control. And I think, it, you know, what I was saying earlier about the, the bird flu it applies with the food thing too. Like unless I own a, a food processing place, you know, there's nothing I can do about it other than say, Hey, maybe I should get some more food. Um, Absolutely. That's what I'm thinking. You know? So, and I mean, as the shelves shelves behind me might indicate, I, I take, I take the food pretty seriously, but 
you know, but now's a good time. Now's a good time. And it's never a bad, I mean, again, those, the steps you can take, whether it's the chicken, whether it's, it's the food processing, you know, food scarcity. If, if you buy the right stuff, it's not a waste of money. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, you're, you're going to eat it. I'm not suggesting that you throw 500 pounds of rice in your, in your basement. If you you don't eat rice, you know, but you can buy stuff that your family will eat and, and it doesn't, it doesn't get wasted. Right. So. I, I say the, oh. the conspiracy thing a little tongue-in-cheek. I I had a uh, conspiracy podcast not too long ago and uh, kind of gave up on that to do this. And it was it was like not taking, taking it seriously, uh, not like, hey, let's talk about 9-11 for the 100th time. Like, <laughs> it was like, hey, so that was weird, right? <laughs> Yeah, I uh, went down to the basement here. Um, so yeah, my pantry's behind me. Um, doesn't look as quite as stocked as yours, Josiah. Um, but also, here's my food security. Let's show it off. Oh, how do I make him bigger? Oh, wrong, wrong, wrong one. There we go. I got gotcha. you. There you go. I'll you got I'm rabbits. A I'm a little yeah. envious. Yeah. So that's her. Uh, I don't know. We haven't named him. Our son names our, all of our rabbits. Um, but, uh, this is a litter of five and, uh, I was checking on, uh, her the other day and, uh, it's the first time I got bit by a rabbit. Oh man, I bet that hurt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it didn't hurt that bad, but it was, uh, certainly surprising. Oh yeah. Uh, I, yeah, that would more like startle you kind of like getting nipped, like pecked by a chicken. Like it doesn't hurt. It's just like, Hey, knock it off. Yeah, exactly. I imagine getting bit by a rabbit's a lot getting like getting get like getting bit by a hamster. Like it it might draw blood. Yeah, with a little bigger teeth. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh so do you do you guys have more to add on the uh bird flu or the processing plants, processing food processing centers? No, um, okay. no, I think I think we covered it. Okay, um, so then let's go into the main topic is um, education. Dylan, why don't you start us off? What's your What's your education? Like yeah. high school, GED, I, some college, no college. Yep, um, I have a bachelor's in uh, chemistry. Um, oh, and right. my yeah. um, my full degree is a. Um, what is it? A uh, American Chemical Society um, with professional certification um, in in chemistry. So I had to okay. take some um, <laughs> coursework um, uh, to get that degree. Um, but uh, I mean, as as uh, as you can see, we're on a homestead here. I'm um, in an engineering light. Um, uh, career. Um, but if I would have, uh, gone back, uh, I, uh, <clears throat> probably would have done something more in the, um, uh, yeah. Raising animals sphere. But it's paying the bills though. Right. I mean, I'm assuming that's a pretty decent, decent paying job. What you're doing. It does. It does. So, yep. I mean, yeah, maybe it's like a slow transition out of what you're doing to be able to, you know, farm full time and not, and like move that homestead to a farm or, um, whatever it is your goals are, you know? Yep. Yep. Um, no, that's, uh, yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you, you gotta, you're not at that level yet to be able to stay on the farm full time. So you got to supplement it somehow. Right. You know, this, that's right. That's right. So Josiah, what about you? I have a uh, major in history and a minor in economics. Oh. Um, nothing. Any particular exciting. part of history? American history. American history. I hated. I hated school. Um, I have a uh, an aunt and uncle with no children that uh, volunteered to pay for college if I went. Oh wow! And my parents said that I would be an idiot to not take them up on that offer, despite the fact that I didn't want to go to school. 
Um, so I chose something that I found enjoyable rather than something that pays the bills. Because it was more I do of like a, I'm going to do this to shut you up kind of thing. Well, I mean, I have a piece of paper, I guess, which which is really all it boils down to. Um, it's never. Uh, I I've only had one job since I graduated, so it, it's never really mattered much. But sure, you know. But and I, of course, I do nothing in that field, so I work IT. <laughs> so. Did that did that help you get your current job? Do you think? No. No, not at all. I tell I tell people all the time. I I actually I have never had a job or I've never gotten a job that I didn't know somebody at. Like I had, I basically, I've always known somebody and gotten the job there primarily because I knew the person. So, so school never. has not really helped you like whatsoever. It was more not like college, for you. not college. Okay, not not at all. Sure. Whereas Dylan's uh, schooling is more. Um, like specific, like where it actually did help him. I'm assuming get the job. That's right. Uh, Stephanie, being able to like, on there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, like in that case, it was like it's not just some general field. Like he was like, okay, I'm chemical engineering, and then took it like another step further to get the job that you have. That's right. Yeah, I started okay. out. Um, um, I got my foot in a door at a uh, paper. Uh, coding uh, company uh, and then I became a chemist there so I, I was using my degree for like directly using my degree for like a year and a half um, and then this opportunity opened up at a uh, uh, paper machine supply um, company uh, mm. so I've been there for for four years now oh nice yep so very cool I'm a two-time college dropout so i <laughs> after after high school i uh i went up to uh to school in duluth minnesota if anyone really gives a crap where that is um just to like kind of get out of the house went into like computer networking and like the first couple like the first semester was fine uh like learning about like software versus hardware versus whatever whatever and second semester was like here's how you uh, basically manually program a router. And I was like, this sucks. <laughs> and didn't want to do that anymore. And so I, I ended up dropping out and just like worked like probably I could, I don't know, five, six other jobs. And then I was like, I, I think I'm ready to go try something else. So I, w I went into a technical college for electronics and I did that for like two, two and a half years. And I got all my core classes with a lot of help. And I failed this one math class like three times. And I was like, eh, I, I was like nine credits away from getting my associates. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore anyway. It's like, this is stupid. Math is hard. <laughs> no, I, I get that when uh, I was going to community college. Um in high school and uh i failed college algebra and then so i i it was the last thing really standing between me and associates and um i learned that the college that i ended up going to didn't require college algebra for uh, a history degree they just required that you take a class um finite mathematics so i mm. uh i very quickly transferred up there so that i could take finite mathematics instead of college algebra because i apparently couldn't pass it no matter what I sure. did. So it worked out. Yeah, worked out. Um, you you both homeschool your kids, right? I do. That's right. Okay. Um, do you, so what do you, what do you think you're going to say to your kids uh, when they get to college age? Or are they going to like, you know, even like 16? Are you going to encourage them to go to like community college or is it kind of like free reign, like do whatever you want to do, not going to push you to go one way or another? Uh, it's interesting. Um, so I, I kind of uh, liken um, what they're going to do after they turn 18 to like, um, so we were just talking about math and mm -hmm. um if you put if you if you put two points on a piece of graph paper, they make a line. Yeah. And so, uh, on the 
on the graph, zero, zero is when they were born. Yep. Let's see if I can do this right. It's backwards zero, zero in StreamYard. Yeah. <laughs> and it's your job as a parent to, to steer this point. Sure. And so with all of their life activities that they get to do on the farm, um, hopefully they, they, they get to pick something that, um, you know, from the time, you know, on this, on this line after, after this point right here, um, they have all this experience and all this foundation, just pushing them towards the next thing. Sure. Um, and I'm, I'm not worried about what they're going to pursue after that. Sure. Okay. Um, but, but we're always here as a resource to guide them. I got you. So like, I'm going to carry you this far in your homeschooling. And then after that, go for it. You're on your own, like self-directed, learn this, learn that, go to school, don't go to school, learn a trade, don't learn a trade. Yeah, call. exactly. Okay. And if you put, if you put one more line after that, um, then it becomes like that's, that's a true line is when you have three points, um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, next to each other. So if they don't know, like, um, you know, where that next point should be, um, well, then we can work on that. What, how much money do you want to make? Um, what is your life? What do you like to do? What's your, what do you envision your lifestyle being? And then we can kind of sit down and say, okay, um, you know, this, this kind of lifestyle, um, is more supported by, um, <laughs> a doctorate or, mm -hmm. um, uh, being working uh, as a tradesman. Right. So th there's a lot of brainstorming that we can do at that point. Sure. Yeah. Like, you know, you got to balance all those levels, right? Like money and skill set and interest and, you know, career path, I guess, if that's something they want to do, or like they could do what I do and like, work in something for a couple of years, get bored of it and move to a maybe similar, maybe completely different field and start over and then just do it again and again and again. It's just a constant state of starting over. But you learn a right. lot of different stuff. A lot of different people. Yeah, I mean, it, about... takes you, it takes you where you want to, uh, where you need to be. Um, you, you, yeah, learn being a polymath, learning a bunch of different things. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, it makes life more interesting too. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is enough. Let's move on. Yeah. What about you, Josiah? Probably pretty similar, I think, to what Dylan was saying. Um, you know, I, I was probably the last kind of age group or whatever that college probably did make sense. Um, so like it's pretty easy to say college is a, it's a pretty crappy thing for the average person. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, I mean, that could look different when my eldest gets there, you know, in 10 years and starts, starts trying to decide, you know, Hey, what do I want to do? Um, so, but I, I think it's fair to honestly, and this is something that never came up with my parents and it's fair to, to, to be honest with your kid and you know say hey what do you want to do and quite frankly do you have what it takes to do it you know are you going to be successful at it are you are i mean it sounds mean but are you smart enough for it are you driven enough for it are you you know do you have what it takes to go get a doctorate you know you say you want to be a doctor you know do you have what it takes to, to spend 12 years in school kind of thing and just be honest and, and look at them you know like dylan was saying actually you know when when it comes down to it ask them like what do you want what do you want to go do and do you have what it takes and you know i i may not have the answers for them I'm, i may only be able to guide a little bit but but give them give them the piece of advice that is you know do i think you have it um right and i think it's fair to it's fair to do that i think one of the things we do with kids is we tell we we you know society told kids all kids go to college go to college go to college when there were a lot of kids that that was just terrible advice um right you know they they would have been much more fulfilled doing something and there's no shame there's no shame in 
going and being a plumber or going and working at the assembly line. You know, there's no, there's no shame in any of these things. If it provides for you and your family and it makes you happy. Exactly. You just, you got to be honest about that. So, and I, I think that's the only thing that's fair for your kid. It's the only thing that's fair for anybody's kid is to just have an honest appraisal and say, Hey, you know, maybe this is a good path for you. Maybe it's not. So that's what I want to do for my kids is give them a fair, a fair assessment, you know, and see what, see what that math looks like it, you know, in, uh, in 10 years, you know, maybe college is good. Maybe it's not. And, you know, with them only being 18, do they really even need to know what they want to do? I mean, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do, you know, like, no, that's, that's fair. fair. Yeah, no, that's a good, that's a good, I tell people that a lot, you know, I, I got a job in a field completely unrelated and it paid the bills and it turns out I like the people I work with Mm -hmm. and is it necessarily what I thought I would be doing 10 years ago? No, but I've, I've been working for the same company for 10 years now. Um, two different roles, you know, so I've actually, I've, I've done two different things now, but 18 year old me would have said, Hey, I want to do something that I love. But it turns out that like 24, 25 year old me perfectly happy working it, Mm -hmm. paying the bills and giving me some free time. You know, I work from home, so I, I don't have a commute. I don't have any of these things. So it turns out, you know, you're absolutely right. Like 18 year old may not understand what they really want at the time. So. Yeah. I'd also add to that. Um, the decisions that you make when you're 18. Um, I mean, especially for men, I just found out that our, what is it? Neonatal cortex, like the, the main part of the brain that's responsible for decision-making and maturity doesn't fully develop until 25. Yeah. We're big, dumb animals. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how, how are you supposed, can we swear on this podcast? (laughs) I'll allow it. Okay. How the hell are you supposed to know what you want to do with your life at 18 when you're not fully developed? So, yeah. So you make a decision um, and, and it's, it might possibly be a decision that gets you into debt. Um, that influences when you can start a family. So that's what I would tell young people right now is if, if you plan, if you want to have kids, um, I mean, really think about is, is the degree that I'm getting going to, um, inhibit my, um, the time that I can start my family. Um, and for some people, uh, they start families later. Um, and that's, that's okay. Like, um, everyone makes the decisions that are are right for them. Um, but I mean, it's something to think about in in the overall picture. Mm -hmm. I think you, um, as far as the whole family thing, the other, you know, there's so many opportunities. My, my wife's a hairstylist. And so she went through nine months of schooling and, um, I mean, realistically probably still she makes more per hour than than i do when she works she makes really good money um Mm -hmm. so it gives her but but it gave us the freedom we had a we had a two-income family to start out we got we got the ball rolling and then she was able to kind of you know late set that aside when it came time to raise our family um but jobs like that it's the freedom to do that with with very little time invested and very little money invested um she got a job that makes good money and um and let us start a family and so you're right when it comes to those that commitment with college or whatever like you are you're kind of putting a gamble forward and i mean my wife and i that was a a blessing in of itself because we've been dating since high school so we kind of we knew, you know, she was going to be able to to work and and while I was going to school, um, and then there would be a bit of a role reversal. Um, so we were able to start a family about when we wanted to, um, right. because of those choices. Unintentionally, it wasn't something that we had thought about. You know, I, definitely something to mention to your kids, though, is you know maybe you know understand 
if you got to go into debt to get your education, it's going to cost you something, you know, and you, and it may not pay off for you. It is a gamble, especially if you're 18 and you don't know what the heck you want to do. So, right. If I continued to pursue to kind of bring this back to education, um, if I continued to pursue whatever degree or whatever, uh, I would still have student loans. You know, when when we first moved here, it was with like within the first year or two, I was able to actually pay off what little student loans I had left. Um, and so then that allowed me to pay off my truck faster. And then uh, we're still, you know, paying off Katie's car um, and her student loans. And so, like, but she stays home, like with our son. So if what I, I guess what I'm saying is if I continue to keep going to school, rack up more debt and not really use it to, you know, whatever it is I wanted to, to do, she might still have to be working and just to keep up on all the bills and stuff. So like when she's like, when her job got too bad, like just to be there because her boss is awful she's like the numbers work out that you make enough that uh i can stay home i'm like if if you did the numbers let's go let's do it sounds good and i think to dylan's point excuse me about not knowing what you want to do i think that's the other thing to be aware of is you know when you're putting that time in you know four years potential on something pretty specific and you realize that I, I didn't really want to do that. I have a buddy that had got a master's degree in um, English and he wanted to be a teacher. And then he taught for two semesters and realized he didn't want to be a teacher. And, um, you know, the, I, I forget, I don't know if it still holds true. Um, but the average guy switches like what he does every seven years or so, every eight years, something like that. And so, especially if you're, if, if you don't, if you're not going to stick with what you were going to do or, or if the industry changes, yeah, then your college degree as, as it was may, may not really be specific. Um, you know, I did, I switched what I, I mean, I went from being a, a customs broker to being it, same company, but I switched my role completely. Um, so it happens. It happens to a lot of guys. Um, and that's worth noting too, is that you may end up with your education may be in a, a subject that has no bearing on what you're doing. So do you think it's, it's easy for, for kids to do, do more what they want to do now than it has been in the past? Like, Hey, you know, if you want to go design like the world's greatest golf clubs or I don't know, whatever, like, do you think that's easier today than than ever, or are there so many hurdles in the way, like because of I don't know patents and lawyers and uh, copyright infringement or whatever, and all these things? Like it's just like starting capital. All these things are in the way to actually get started. I mean, is it? Do you think something something like that's difficult to do? I think if you have low capital, if you have a low capital venture that you want to start, like you are interested in X and you want to start a YouTube video on it, and mm -hmm. then you want to do events based on that topic, I mean, to, to go into something that is relatively low capital, I think I think there's a lot of opportunities for that. Um, uh, but yeah, on the on the flip side, there there, I mean there there are so many opportunities out there, low capital or not. Um, yeah, I I, I think uh, you just have to go out there and find it. Um, yeah, I mean, Josiah, what are your thoughts? I, uh, I remember I was, I was 18 and I had a lady say something to the effect of, you know, you got to get out there and find your niche and, and, um, you know, settle in and, you know, being 18, whatever, I thought I was just going to grab the world 
and um, you know, blow stuff up, make an impact. Um, and I think to some degree, you know, this idea, especially now that I think I think a lot of people really do think that they can just do just about anything. And I think you're right about there being maybe fewer options. I don't necessarily know that that's a bad thing. Um, you know, people. And I'm not saying it was all good, but it used to be that if you were a son, you did what your dad did. And that's not necessarily a great thing. I imagine there was probably lots of artists who had to suffer being tailors, even though they didn't want to be a tailor, right? Or, you know, sure. whatever. Um, and there was, I mean, I know there were farmers. They didn't want to be farmers, um, but that's what they did. But on the flip side, they were also able to have some fulfillment, pay the bills. You know, and and that that was to some degree a good thing. Um, so in this case, I, I do think there's a lot of opportunities. We talked a little bit um, when I was on your podcast about my wife's reselling business. Um, that's very right. low capital, like Dylan was talking about. And um, it didn't take a lot to get going. And we were able to make a sizable um, income off of that. So there are opportunities. I think with the internet, there are a lot of opportunities to get into that. But it still takes a special kind of person. My wife is super entrepreneurial. She has the drive for it. I don't really. I have ideas. I have some of the the management, I guess, of it. But she's she's a go-getter. And I don't have that. So, I mean, if you said, hey, Josiah, start up a business, I'd be like, well, it's a good thing I married an entrepreneur. You know, we can do this together. <laughs> um you know, I don't, I don't have that drive. So I, I think it takes a special person. And I think, again, it kind of goes back to the college. It takes a special person to go to college or to go to this continuing education. It takes a special person to start up a business, you know, if we're being honest about capabilities. So. Yeah. Let's have realistic expectations. Like can everyone be an entrepreneur? Maybe, probably. Will they successfully pull it off? Absolutely not. Like it's like you gotta like hustle and grind all the time. Like don't don't get burned out, right? Like you gotta have like a very healthy uh, balance, you know, work, life, family, all those things. But like like the other just the other night, my wife was like. Hey, I'm actually really proud of you for, uh, you know, having a good balance in building up farm hop life and spending time with Milo and spending time with me and this, like, um, I think you're handling it really well. And I was like, thank you. It's really hard. (laughs) Like there's a, there's a lot of work that goes like that's involved in everything, you know, you do want to make sure that you have quality time with your kids. Cause it's like, what else are you doing? Like why, what else are you doing it for? And to like, to bring up another point, like, like being entrepreneurial, uh, Josiah, like that would be the greatest gift I could ever give my kids. It's like, learn how to be an entrepreneur. Like if you can figure out how to make money versus earn money, I have nothing more to teach you. Like, we're going to figure it out. Yeah, kind of uh, going along that path. Um, I think uh, this this topic happened sin- since our interview. Uh, but we we talked to uh, our son, Ted, if uh, like, I don't know how it started. If he wanted um, if we approached him, him on wanting to start a quail business or if he approached us. Mm-hmm. But um, he uh, he had the drive to. Um, to uh, get some quail. And so uh, we did all the, the right things. We gave him the phone. He, he pressed all the buttons to, to call. And then uh, he, uh, he placed his order for uh, quail uh, all by himself. That's awesome. How old is he? Uh, he just turned five. Wow. That's impressive. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Good for him. Had, I, I am uh, feeding them. Uh, but, uh, I'm sure that'll change uh, soon here. Sure. I mean, he's, he's still five. I mean, the fact that he's even interested in 
doing that kind of thing, like, that's fine. Like, hey, why don't you balance your checkbook too, you lazy kid or whatever? Like, <laughs> you know, here, I need to see your bank account number and your EIN and, you know, get the, the permit from the state to be able to operate this business. Like, what do you, yeah, it's, no, you're, baby steps, baby steps. Baby steps, yeah. And, um, I mean, he showed the desire, the upfront desire to, um, you know, to get, to get it off the ground. Um, and, uh, I mean, every day he's volunteering to do like just one more thing to help the family out. Dang, um, dude. Like today he, uh, found us, uh, he, uh, found our, uh, sledgehammer on the kitchen table. <laughs> And he's like, where does this tool belong? I'll go put it away. Okay, correction. Go. What is it? Okay, my wife corrected me. It's a mallet. Eh, close enough. It's a specialized <laughs> hammer. It's a specialized sledge. Um, I, was, I, I wasn't going to like question whether or not... Um, like, or why you had a sledgehammer in the kitchen, but I was like, maybe he's doing some demo. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were putting up a TV for one of our Airbnb guests. Oh, I got you. Okay. Yeah. We, we have a comment here. It says, from Sky Bubbles, do you think the average parent would encourage their kid doing something like that, or would they brush it off as a silly kid's idea? Oh, uh, talking about the quail business? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's an interesting point. Um, that's... I think, I think a lot of uh, families would brush that off. Um, but it's interesting because um in, in like a typical um like let's go to kindergarten um type family i think that type of um spontaneity and drive is uh kind of programmed out of them pretty quickly at least by the age of 6 absolutely um so uh, i think I think more of the um, like the ideas come from uh, almost like um, an hierarchical approach where let's say um, kids enter the Cub Scouts or school or whatever institution it may be and the cool ideas come down from above uh, versus an organic um, interest related desire to do something for yourself um well i'll give you a great example um ted just learned how to ride his bike this weekend i think i saw that and did you guys post that on uh, instagram i i posted it right away on instagram story right when he did it nice technology's cool you know yeah um but we we didn't do any of the like okay, I'm going to hold your body and then we're going to like ride for a little bit and then I'm going to let go. And I'm like, I'm going to instill the fear of God into you while you like try to like balance and then you fall and you lose trust with your dad type thing. We, we just, we just, uh, we just skipped past that. And sure. we, we, we were in the barn and uh, my wife and I were talking and he said, Oh, mom and dad, look quick. I, I'm riding my bike. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to the, did it. yeah, going back to the question, um, we didn't we didn't teach him how to do that. We didn't we didn't drive him and say, hey, by the age of five, you should be riding your bike. We didn't we didn't do that either. It just it just happened. Right. I think the other the other thing to note. You were talking about like the Cub Scouts and whatnot, but like 
given given what I see with a lot of these kids, they wouldn't have the time to do it. It's not even just that it gets kind of driven out of them or whatever. It's it's just like I, I teach youth group and the number of times that there's a school activity on a Wednesday night, um, you know, so we'll let go Wednesday and then, you know, with with 20 some kids and then the next Wednesday there'll be five because there's a baseball game and track and field and this, that, and the other. And um, so I, I think a lot of times kids, especially um, ones that are, are enrolled in more things, they just wouldn't have the time. Like it would never, it would never occur to them simply because they don't have the free time um, or because they're tossed in front of a tablet or something when they get home and it just, it, it never occurs to them. They might, they might want to be a, um, a YouTube influencer. Um I think it was last year. Well, it was probably right before pandemic. The uh, you know, that was the most popular thing for an 8-year-old to want right. to say, right? So I mean, it, yep. it's not I don't I don't know necessarily that the desire is gone, but I don't think that they have the time to look outside the box beyond the fact that, you know, all they see is YouTube. Um, you know, and it, it's unfortunate, but it also, you know, between the time and between I guess, I mean, the hive mind that, that Dylan was talking about, you know, where you, you just, you don't, you don't get those ideas. You don't hear those ideas. You hear, you hear the ideas that everybody else has, you know, versus, right. you know, your own, your own innovative idea, which is the key for a lot of that entre- entrepreneurial stuff is finding that, that niche or finding that hole in the market that you can fulfill. So. Yeah. It's like, you gotta, you gotta get, I don't think it's a silly kid's idea. I think it's, uh, get, get those creative juices flowing. Like, um, so like they talk about like fossilization of the brain, right? So I suck at learning a new language. Like it's like, it is really difficult for me to learn. Like my wife's good at German. My kid knows like more German words than I do. Um, and so like, because I wasn't, like what they say is like, you need to be able to hear those things when you're like a toddler, like at least like a young age, you need to hear these specific sounds. Like, so that those parts of your brain like aren't fossilized and you can do uh, speech better, like speak another language better. And so I think that same thing can apply to certain types of thinking, uh, whether it be like entrepreneurship or, being like like art like uh like thinking thinking outside the box like exactly. learning that from a young age mm-hmm. rather than like dylan said being being put in the box from a, a pretty young age you you never learn to think outside of that right you know like you, you get stuck with this hierarchical scenario um so I, I i think it is a benefit of being homeschooled and and not being constrained by those things whether it's your time or whether it's just how you think yeah you have options to be able to pursue what you're interested in and kind of push the limits of what they're what they're interested in like i'm not interested in that like okay but what if we did it more like this like hmm, that is interesting like so you can kind of be more flexible with how you teach your kids yeah, Josiah made a great point about time. Um, we were in a family that, uh, I mean, my, my brother did spo- sports. I was in um, Boy Scouts and powerlifting in high school. Uh, but we weren't maxed out to the nines every night. Um, uh, like a lot of families here, it's uh, activities at the Y, Um this sport, that sport, running through the drive-through to get food, um, go home, do homework, go to bed. Their their lives are constantly filled with activities, and there, yeah, there's no there's no room for outside ideas, um, or even just to be a kid. Yeah, their own ideas. I mean, that's the. You know, when you were talking about the the structure, that's that's the kicker more than, you know, more than outside ideas like that. It's it's their own ideas. I mean, he, you know, your son may have heard about, you know, raising quail or may have been something that you said. But ultimately, you know, he had to have thought, man, that's a good idea. You know, I want to raise quail. Like not every kid wakes up and says, I, w- I want to raise quail. Most kids probably don't even know what that quail are. 
um, right. quite frankly. You know, so those, but those things, whether it's, whether it's, um, whether it exhibits itself an entrepreneurial thought or not, um, you know, having that ability to, to think outside the box, to take your own ideas, to articulate them or to put them in action, that's a big deal. And it has lasting ramifications. The, the job I have, part, part of the reason I got it was simply because I was willing to ask why think outside the box and do my job in a different way. Do try and try and do my job better. And I always thought that that was pretty normal, but it turns out that's not, it's not the, you know, you, you learn your job and you do it. And, and most people, that's how they, that's life, mm -hmm. you know? And so teaching your kid to be able to say, you know, I'm going to look at this problem in a different way. I'm going to look and, and see how to do this better. You know, whether that's raising quail or whether that's just, examining how they do things in life in a better way that that out of the box thinking oh, that's a huge advantage of homeschooling especially in, in a, a more free-flowing environment where you know they can go at their own pace and do their own thing and i mean that's one of the reasons that we're trying to do that kind of thing is to to not to teach them to teach them to teach themselves i guess more than mm -hmm. anything or to, or to to use their brain doing it rather than learning a, a rote curriculum so i was talking with my mom a little bit over the weekend you know, about this whole deal and talking about like educating them. And I'm like, the bar is so low for like kids these days. Like I barely have to do anything and my kid's going to just rise above his peers. Like not to like, like toot my own horn or whatever. Like I'm great. I mean, it's only been like two years that I've been a dad. So, you know, I've got a lot of, you know, effing up to do in over the next two decades. So, uh, but like the bar's so low that really if, if, if a company wanted to replace all of its employees with robots, they probably would. And the point is to give your kid the knowledge and know-how or skills to learn or think outside the box that, they're not replaceable by a robot. Exactly. Um, and even, I think more important than, um, you know, <laughs> I think the, the, the most important skill going forward, and I, I, I heard this from a course that I just took through work. Um, it's, so what are the jobs that robots can't do? The jobs that robots can't do are human jobs, jobs that are thinking jobs, jobs that require you to be um, a genuine human that listens, cares about people, and can provide solutions that artificial intelligence can't do. And I can't think of a better environment to create humans to fill those human jobs than homeschooling yeah i well i i mean literally when you were saying that that was my thought was you know like when you when you put your kid in a school you know not not dogging on public schools necessarily but you you're putting them in in a a, a factory in an assembly line of education and you know that may be all you can give your kids so again i'm not dogging on that but that kind of wrote automation it it churns out very robotically the finished product whereas if you homeschool and you teach your kids strengths and and they they come out as that person that person that's capable of doing all these things rather than as this processed i i mean it sounds mean but I, you know it the difference between going to mcdonald's and getting a cheeseburger that they make billions of times a day and go into your mom and pop burger shop in town, those burgers are worlds apart. They're both a burger, but those burgers, those, those finished products, they're, they're completely different. And that's the advantage of having that unique ability um, that you're not going to get, you're not going to get at McDonald's and, and you're not going to get, like, you can get it from a public school, but the average kid is going to come out with very similar levels of ability than everyone else it, it won't play to anybody's strengths or weaknesses it won't help any of those things it can't by definition 
So, yeah, that's by design. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the only, I mean, it's the only way to do it. So again, I'm not dogging on, it. I mean, the only way, you know, McDonald's, McDonald's succeeds because they can make billions of burgers and public schools succeed. Their task is to educate a lot of people. That's really the only way to do it. It's not, it, it, it's wildly efficient. It just turns out, it, it turns out a product that isn't that great individually. Right. You know? it, it's repeatable. Yeah, there we go. That's a better. Mass yeah. produced. Up. Yes. Whatever. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I get it. Absolutely. Um, interesting choice of, like, I'm not, not to, like, nitpick what you said, but it was an interesting choice of words to say that public schools succeed. Some yeah, of them uh, do. I mean, uh, arguably you could say that we, we do produce sometimes. There's a diamond in the rough in there every now and then. Sure. Sure. Like it works for some. I mean, most of the people that I work with are, are public schooled and you know, the, the company does okay. And, and, um, <laughs> that's why the company only does okay is because they're public school kids. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I'm, I'm biased. I was homeschooled. I'm going to homeschool my kids, you know, so I'm, I'm biased. Of course. I that's think, fun. I think I've benefited. I think I've benefited every company I've worked with. And I think part of it is because I was homeschooled. Um, it succeeded at its goal. Its goal was to create an average person. I, Cause that's all you're going to get. You're, you know, when you go to McDonald's, you're going to get an average burger. It's going to be the same mm-hmm. burger everywhere. Um, which is actually, I think a better success than public schools get. Um, Cause they don't, they don't get the same. I mean, there's all those kids in Baltimore that can't read. Um, you know, Wait, so Baltimore I, I specifically, know. what was that? Baltimore specifically. I was reading so, it, something about Baltimore. It was either reading or it was math. Something like the average the average kid there was actually illiterate. Like it was under fifty percent of the kids there could <laughs> actually read. I, I'd have to look crazy. it up, but it was it was it was That's crazy. So weird. So yeah, I mean, I mean it turns listen, out things things suck. Listen something. to us in a first world country. Like what? Half the kids in a city can't read or do math or one of the two. Like. Such a first world problem. Like it's so foreign to think that that half a city's kids can't read or do math. It's so like it's, it's a specific school, but one of them, Patterson High School, of the six hundred twenty-eight high school students, four hundred eighty-four read at an elementary school level. Seventy-one of those were at kindergarten level. Eighty-eight were at a first grade level, and only twelve of the kids right at the grade level is it a school for the blind because they so like they can't i mean read? most blind people can read braille at least right so, that's true but that's i mean those true. numbers i mean yeah so yes public schools some of them you know and maybe there's some mcdonald's that, that can't turn out a good burger either i don't know i don't go to mcdonald's so that's yeah yep huh well all right well we are um wrapping up on an hour why don't you guys uh, tell people where they can find you and follow you and send you hate mail or something. After after dogging on public school, I probably deserve it. So, <laughs> well, you can you can find me um, inventive fifteen on Twitter. Um, I said this in the podcast, but eventually my wife's Instagram is going to get um, a little more farm focused, and she'll she'll pull it out of out of private. But um, that's it for now. So Inventive 15 on Twitter. So Sounds good. Yeah, and once again, I'm uh, Dylan Schnazy with Study Presence. So Study Presence is our, our family business that is uh, primarily focused on farm events um, for homeschooling families. Uh, but we'll be doing um, farm dances, uh, uh, campouts, movie nights uh, throughout the summer. Um, and then, uh, with steady presence, um, uh, my wife is a, uh, pregnancy registered dietitian and a doula. Um, so that it's, uh, <clears throat> what, what steady presence is, is it's a, uh, kind of an amalgamation of all of our, uh, family's interests. Um, and we're, we're just here to provide, um, to be a guide, um, on, uh, you know, first family hood or 
uh, uh, traversing, uh, traversing parenthood or homeschooling. Um, we, uh, you know, we're here to build. There you uh, go. And you can, you can find us on uh, Instagram at uh, study presence, uh, Facebook. Um, uh, we're, I'm also on float, um, for anybody interested. Um, but, uh, yeah, check out our website, www.study-presence.com uh, to find more about us. We also Did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> don't forget, Dylan. Don't forget. <laughs> plug the thing. Plug the thing. Uh, and uh, I'm Matt DeRozier of A Farm Hop Life. The Traveling Homestead Family, you can find us at farmhoplife.com. So I appreciate everyone tuning in for episode two of the Monday night men's forum. And I appreciate you guys for being here. It's been a lot of fun. Yep. Hang tight yep, one thanks, second. Brad.